Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Next Real Saturday Matinee, our weekly show where the Next Real team gets together to talk about everything we want to talk about. The news, movie reviews, new trailers, and of course, our weekly list challenges. I am here today with the wonderful and talented Pete Wright. Oh, I see. You said that, and I thought you were talking about Tom. 
wonderful and talented. I just am here. He's the wonderful and talented one. And then he follows it up with, and then this bag of crap Tom. And I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> Cross out bag of crap. <laughs> Hi, Ray. <laughs> Hi. Good to, good to be with you, Pete. And also... The charmingly genial Tommy Metz the Third. Oh, you had me a charmingly genial and my whole name. Thanks, buddy. It's a pleasure to be here. That's a great second to bag a crap. <laughs> yeah. Or as you might know him, Tommy Handsome. handsome That's right. Handsome. Sorry, I was going off your Zoom name. Anyway. That's right. So, gents, how you doing? How how are your movie lives? What have you been watching? I have started. Um, a prime video thing, which came out that didn't get terribly good reviews. It's a limited series, uh, but it's called them. It's on oh, Amazon yes. prime yeah. and it's an anthology uh, where this whole story and it's rough, but it, this style, it is so stylish and so interesting and legitimately scary at times. It's about a um, uh, African-American family in the 19 races. I don't know, like the whatever racist, the most racist is 1950s, probably <laughs> moving into a house on in Compton, California, back when Compton was incredibly white. And so they are uh, like the interlopers on it. And it is partly um, supernatural horror and partly whites are the worst horror. And the style just keeps bringing me back. It's extremely well acted. I'm not sure how good it is, but (laughs) I'm finding it really fascinating. And um, it's got an incredible point of view. So, yeah, that sort of came out of nowhere, and I just gave it a try, and the style really hooked me. That is such a funny review, Tom. Not because it's funny because of you, but because I have heard that about that property more than a handful of times. People who say, I'm watching this thing, and I don't know if it's any good. Like, when will you know if it's good, I wonder? It's definitely incredibly stylish. It's definitely – the thing is, and this will sound – uh, potentially uh, uh, controversial to say, but really hear me out. Mm-hmm. It's like when we went through that time of period with some movies where it became, again, up my apologies, but Holocaust porn mm. in that Holocaust movies tried to out, out like the, the, the worst things in the entire world. And it really became about that and less about a conversation about what was going on. They just upped what they were showing. This runs the risk of becoming almost racism porn. Like the, the whites are so the worst mm-hmm. and all of these things. And it's got tons of like um, uh, very racist imagery and they keep having like these um, hallucinations of like, let's say uh Little Black Sambo stuff just keeps popping uh, up out yeah. of nowhere. And it's incredibly captivating and very well done. But I start to wonder of like, is this really changing the conversation or is watching a uh, African-American family in the 1950s be treated horribly by all of these white people? It's very true. And that's very important. And that's, but it almost seems like maybe... Does this anything that I'm saying make sense? Like we're just sort of like rolling around in the same kind of tropes instead of elevating what's going on. Yeah, right. Well, Um, I think about it like like um, uh, it was so easy to 
introduced the X-Men movie with the trip to the Holocaust because watching okay. the parents being ripped apart from the child, even in the the context of this superhero movie, it was already set up to play the easy note to play to get your emotions, you know, high and hot. Mm. And that's that's kind of what I'm what I'm seeing. Like I the the racial tropes, like I just I feel like we're we're getting there. Like there are some really easy notes that we can play that are gonna get you fired up in this story and set your emotional like volume at eight or so so that we can do some other things with this story. And mm. and maybe and that's that, what I'm a little unsure about yeah. is the other things that we're doing with the story. Right. But yes, I agree with you. What and is the rest of the that. value that it's bringing to the show? Yeah. And I don't necessarily think that's there's anything wrong with that either, like conceptually. Like, I feel like maybe it's just that we don't yet know how to move the discussion forward culturally. And maybe we're just trying. You know, I just edited today. Um, you know, if you aren't subscribing to Three of a Kind, it's a little just sort of audio essay from uh, Steve Sarmento. And I just edited one today. He calls it um, uh, America uh, Amendment 2. It's, it's, a, it's a follow-up to his America series, and it's about the three, uh, three of the shorts. It's about, like, gun violence and race and... I feel like just because we don't necessarily know what the whole story is going to be when we look back on this period, sometimes you just have to wallow in it a little bit, right? And keep moving the story around. Well, it's definitely, um, thank you for saying all that and helping me out. And also the idea, it, it as far as it really making it so viscerally, you feel the frustration, anger, terror, anger. Of being treated that way, yeah. It maybe maybe what I'm overlooking is that in involving a little bit of a supernatural aspect and heightening everything like that, it make it helps put you in the frame of mind. And if that's what it's trying to do, it's doing that masterfully. So that's them on Amazon Prime. That's interesting. It makes me think about. I've been uh, we wrapped up um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, Ooh, last right. week, and uh, I know Tommy, you're not watching it, uh, but no. right, not yet. But, but Ray, I did watch Wandavision. Okay, that's good. Good for you, uh, Ray. <laughs> Ray, you caught. You're all caught up, right? Yep. Okay, so uh, what I'm thinking about that one just in because we we just happened to watch Avengers Endgame, my family and I, and right, yeah, I did too, and Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we sort of did that back to back, and it's interesting to watch how that message has evolved right when where avengers endgame they weren't really toying in any of this sort of of uh, cultural debate right now and the falcon and the winter soldier is grounded in it like it you that story can't exist until you come to terms with the racist history of of marvel's universe and uh the outcome of that that final episode to to my I and heart was mind blowing. I mean, it was just fantastic. I, I really enjoyed the journey they took me on and the discussion they now have to have going forward. They cannot not have it in subsequent films uh, since they have made their made their bed with Captain America, uh, the new Captain America. And he's black. And also he can oh, fly, is he, which is Anthony dope. Mackie, right? Yeah, Anthony Mackie. And so okay. I, I find that fascinating to watch what they did with Isaiah Bradley's story and I mean it's just it's it's lovely and wonderful and um and and the right kind of discussion to have in that place like that meets the right pop culture vein here and now and I think that's important 
I hey, I agree wholeheartedly. I I did not expect it to go that heavy, and I usually get annoyed whenever a, a movie or a TV show goes heavy into its politics, regardless of which way. Which way? Yeah, yeah. Any way they go politically, yeah. but I thought it did it well. I thought that um, it showed its politics and it handled it well, yeah. which I can't say about a lot of other things. Yeah, right. I, you know, on the other side of that, too, I, I watch and I uh, shout out to Tom, too, because I, I watched nice. Stowaway um, oh. and uh, Tom was on the film board talking about Stowaway. And, and I had the luxury of just listening to it without participating in it. And it was delightful. Uh, talk about an interesting movie that doesn't deal with race in its own way of dealing with race. Like they end up having this. Uh, a, a black character on here who is uh, discovered as a, you know, for lack of a better word, stowaway, accidental stowaway. He doesn't become the villain or the evildoer or the, like, he's not the mystical, magical Negro character. He is just another guy on the ship. And they made, they they just handled the philosophy, like the philosophical challenge of that, uh, of that story, I think really gently and beautifully and i didn't feel riled up at all until they were climbing that tether in which case i think i had multiple cardiac events that is (laughs) such a wait i learned the word bravura Bravura, you did great. <laughs> Bravura. Yeah. Yeah. I was pronouncing it bravra. And, then, and no one knew what I was talking about if you listen to the episode. And then, and then I see Andy clicking around and he goes, Are you saying bravura? And I'm like, Oh no! Years! I've always, I think I, yeah, as I said on the podcast, I think I was trying to make it somehow into bravo. Yeah, right. You did great. Uh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> no, but that that's a incredible sequence. So much so that I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I felt myself I had to turn away from the screen and pet my dog a little bit because it was so intense yeah. and I was in my living room. <laughs> it's a cool movie. Okay, thank yeah. you for saying that, Pete. Yeah. And that's cool. And I agree with you about what you're saying, making that so a not thing. That is something that it shares with movies, sci-fi movies like Sunshine. Movies like um, uh, Ridley Scott's This is Sort of Still Alien Weirdness, which I'm not a huge fan of, (laughs) but they are they're almost like post-race. They're very diverse casts and nothing is about that. Well, and it makes it like I I think we're in this this period right now where filmmakers can be post-race and the act of being post-race becomes an element of the thrill because you totally expect it to to be trucking along in in racial stereotypes and tropes and that's usually part of the thrill and when it's not you're set up you're already emotionally heightened for those kinds of things and and uh, uh i i it's really fun like it's a fun way to move things forward so cool so pete other than falcon and the winter soldier you've been watching anything yeah, you know what? It, you know what? I, this is uh, uh, several. I don't know. Probably three or four weeks back, Kyle was on the show, and he he was asking what had changed in his viewing habits over the course of the pandemic, and he said something that really struck me. He said he used to watch all of the like Arrowverse um, shows, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Arrow and League of or the the Legends of Tomorrow and all those shows, and right. somehow during the pandemic, he just stopped and. I realized as he said it, I had two 
multiple <laughs> seasons had just come and gone, and I I was not caught up. So I have been seriously binging uh, the um, uh, the Arrowverse shows. I finished Arrow. I'm almost finished with Legends, and um, and so it's it's kind of fun to dip my toe back into the DC television uh, universe. Although, man, you watch them fast back to back, and they're just uh, it, you feel the template like good overall story arcs that are fun and interesting. And it particularly arrow the last couple of seasons had this one mega arc that led all the way to the end of the crisis on infinite earths, which was fun. But the individual beats are so templated to the minute. Like you just know, Oh, there's because somebody's going to pull out an arrow and it's probably a grappling arrow and it's amazing. And it's just, I was glad it was over. I, I loved the, the experience. It was, it was fun and frivolous and uh, kind of empty calories. Yeah, it's fun. I don't know anything about anything that you're talking about, but I'm not. Uh, is it called the Arrowverse because Arrow was the first one? Yeah, that was the first one. And, and like most the of the shows ended up like spinning off and crossing over with Arrow. Yeah. So and that's what like the Flash is. Yeah. So there was yeah, Arrow yeah. and the Flash and Legends Super of Tomorrow Girl. and Supergirl and Batgirl and uh, Black Lightning. But it was Batwoman. Batwoman. Yes, Batwoman. I just I made a joke to somebody in text about, yeah, it's Batwoman and Supergirl. But I made a Barbara Gordon joke and that's stuck in my head because she, <laughs> she was Batgirl. But yeah, it's Batwoman. And um, yeah, so that's the Arrowverse. All right. All right. Cool. I know a writer on Supergirl. Yeah. One of the uh, ex- like producer writer people. The end. Great story. I'm going to put a footnote in that and talk to you off. Uh, Thank you. Uh, off show. Great. Uh, Thanks, Ray, Fair what enough. are you watching? You doing anything fun? Yeah, Ray. I, for, for some random reason, I started rewatching the Star Trek movies. The first, <laughs> the first six, the first six. As you do. But, well, the first two through six. I started with two. <laughs> Ray. OG Star Trek doesn't let you up. No, I, I'm going to watch that one last. <laughs> okay. Okay. As like a sedative. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Is Star Trek two Star Trek where's Spock? No, no, that's Star Trek three. But it's funny you should mention that. I the most recent one I watched was The Search for Spock. I watched it last night. And so I go to bed and I can't sleep. And it's like three in the morning. And I'm like, what am I gonna do? So I listen to Pete and Andy talk about the search for Spock. Oh no. And so I'm laying in bed and I'm arguing with Pete and Andy, like, <laughs> how can you say that? <laughs> this well, is my worst nice, nightmare. <laughs> it's got nice ships, they say. <laughs> well, it does. There's nice ships. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, it just, for some reason, it, it hit me better than it usually does. Uh, it, like, I had the wonder of a child, almost. Oh, that's lovely. When the when the styrofoam said, cliffs started falling apart at the end, yeah, that, exactly. that still had you. Uh, it did. If, pretty much, if it's not Khan or the Undiscovered Country, it's uh, then it's it's falling. It's fallen for me a little bit. Yeah, well, the whales don't like you either, Pete. The whales, I never did anything to them. That's not what they I say. just choose not to associate with with the Find. With the Find. <laughs> Usually, uh, we would do the news next, but we're kind of slim pickings this week, wouldn't you say? Hey, slim pickings, but I feel like we would be doing a disservice to uh, any podcast listener of of this show if we didn't <laughs> complain about the Oscar ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Just kidding. Um, I, I thought it was so dumb. 
I get some of I get some of the ideas. I love Regina King's walk in and I love how it was like, oh my God, are they gonna do an Oscars heist? Like I really felt that. But I and I know that Soderbergh had talked about like he wanted it to feel like a real hang and stuff. But this is I'm sure this has been said nine hundred thousand times, so I'll keep this very short, but in a year when no one has seen these movies. That's the year when you take out the one safe thing you can do, which is showing clips. The one safe thing you can do is compile a bunch of clips and be like, hey, everybody, see this movie? Isn't this cool? Look, the costumes. Instead, we got to find out, like, isn't it true that you enjoy ham sandwiches? I don't care (laughs) about little facts. And I certainly don't need to see movie stars looking at other movie stars saying what you did was so powerful in pretending to be in the Black Panther party. Yeah. Like, gross, show us a clip. Yep. It just made me so uncomfortable. I thought it was really dull. I kind of get the idea of it, but I don't, I just feel like it was an idea that was maybe, I don't know. I don't, it looked good. I thought Union Station looked beautiful, but just clip it up. What are you doing? I think if there's anything that really demonstrates the ge- or, or uh, is it allows us to generalize the overall feeling of the Oscars this year, it's Daniel Kaluuya at the Oscars this year. That yeah. guy suffers no fools, and I don't right. think he was having a good time. <laughs> It was it he even won. Something like it was just weird. Right. Every cut to him in the audience was weird. What did you think of Glenn Close and the dance? Well the, uh, the butt. Spike Lee apparently liked it. I was I can't separate that from my anger of giving Lil Ray this weird time killer game show thing to do in the same broadcast where you accidentally play the in memoriam on 1.5 speed. <laughs> that in memoriam blazed yeah. by. I was like, who? Wait, huh? Wait, yeah. why? And it's like that can't exist in the same broadcast that you aren't showing any clips and you have this dumb name that tomb thing. Yeah. And they, they made some weird how artistic. Did it still, yeah, how is it still th- three hour plus long? Yeah, they, oh, they ran took long. everything. They took everything out. Yeah, everything, musical stuff, everything. Sorry, I'm I don't. Screaming. The in memoriam thing was puzzling to me too because they, you know, somebody made the choice to cut that together on the beat of of the chorus of, or of the uh, the main theme of the music they were using, which is not something you need to do in an in memoriam segment. You don't need to think about that. That was I, I thought that was really poor, uh, poor choice. I don't know. I, I I felt like they made lemonade in many respects. Uh, and then it just like then time and time again, lemons. yeah, they kept bringing more lemons. Like they play themselves over and over and over again, making these weird choices. The things I miss are the things that they didn't need to cut because of COVID, right? Doing it in this weird coffee shop layout, making it look good, shuffling in award winners as needed. Like I, I kind of get like that. I get, I get all everything they did for the the COVID responsible. I don't get the other stuff. I just don't get it. This, your complaints. I agree with your complaints. I don't know. Ray, you, you watched the whole thing. I didn't watch the, the Oscars this year. I instead <gasps> opted to watch Naked Gun 33 and a third and watch oh, Leslie Nielsen man. play Phil Donahue hosting the Oscars. Oh, Ray. I love it. Ray is in an alternate universe. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I'm fine with that. Yeah. The Oscars, this year's Oscars would be great in a clip show. 
Uh, we haven't talked about any winners. Were there any wins that surprised you or frustrated? The winners you? I thought was pretty outstanding. I'm actually a little sad that this is going. This was the world's least watched Oscars because we there were some huge strides forward. Yeah, uh, as far as diversity and stuff, which was really thrilling. Uh, we obviously the the podcast, not the podcast, the telecast, accidentally boned itself by moving best actor to last. That was awful. The only thing I can think of is they were assuming it was Chadwick Boseman when Anthony Hopkins won, which I am not angry at. I love the father and I think he is 100% outstanding in. Obviously, it is bittersweet that Chadwick Boseman can't win. And it, the fact that it just ended and the wrap up was done by uh, the always fun to watch and so <laughs> genial Joaquin Phoenix. Boy, what a guy that can really riff. <laughs> And then Questlove being like, oops, they cut to me. Bye. <laughs> That's just exa- dribbled to a close. Exactly. Why would they do that? I, I just felt like, uh, I, of course, I, I totally agree with you. They Somebody believed with heart and soul that Chadwick Boseman yeah. was going to win that one. And it would have been, uh, I think it would have been a great crowd pleaser. Anthony Hopkins was the right guy. But that Anthony Hopkins wasn't there is a huge wasn't miss. There. Huge yeah. miss. Uh, so a lot of things fell apart at the end at three and a half hours. That was, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm bearish on Oscars anyway. I, I watch them pretty much for Andy because he makes me, but, uh, Oh, see, this is why I'm so amped up about it is because this is like for other people bringing the Super Bowl and be like, we forgot the ball. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's just like someone, someone wiped off all the lines on the grass. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know what, we don't know what things are. That's what it felt like this, because this is this is usually one of the most important things yeah. that I love to watch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a great so, yeah. metaphor. All right. That's it. Oscars, I've complained enough. All right. Bye, Oscars. Good luck next time. Let's uh, go ahead and take a look at the new trailers for this week. And this Ooh. week, the first trailer comes to you courtesy of Tommy Handsome, who picked the trailer that plays before every single YouTube video I watch. <laughs> Oh, is that true? <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, yes, I was first this week, just out of luck, and it's the Conjuring. The devil made me do it. <laughs> do you think that's how that's supposed to be read? <laughs> the devil made me do it. <laughs> no, let me try again. Uh, the devil made me do it. <laughs> 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 the devil made me do it. <laughs> Just like a throwaway? Yeah, right. Hey. You okay there? Jesus. I think I hurt someone. This is Ed Warren, here with Lorraine. All right, let's get started. Residents of Brookfield were shocked this afternoon by the broad daylight murder of Bruno Sauls. The court accepts the existence of God every time a witness swears to tell the truth. I think it's about time they accept the existence of the devil. Whatever is going on, whatever happened that day, that was not Arnie. It's a witch's totem. We think your family was cursed. And that connection's still broken. Yeah, I like this series. It always started a little weird. Uh, This whole The Conjuring and Insidious 
whole family and it all looks the same. And they're really like leaning into like real, like practical makeup. <laughs> like there's just someone kind of spooky looking and there's no CGI or anything, but I'm a fan and I'm really a fan of, I like the quote unquote real angle of it. I don't remember what their name is. Dr. And Mrs. Spooky, this real life <laughs> couple uh, that was involved with the um, Annabelle and all. Oh, that's right. Annabelle. So many. Either way, I like the idea that they're that these two powerhouses are still coming back for this other movie so late in the game. Um, it makes me sort of excited. It makes it seem almost like a prestige horror movie. Um, and everything about the trailer is not interesting at all. <laughs> it's, it's every horror movie that looks like that. I'm like, hey, but where's like the weird of a newspaper article? There they are. Um, <laughs> but either way, I'm so I'm super excited for it because I'm such a horror nerd. Nord, did you guys? Oh, and I like uh, exorcism movies. I think it's been a while since we've had a good one. Uh, and so I'm kind of interested in it. What do you guys think? I haven't seen any of the movies in this series, uh, which I regret. Who has the time with all of your Star Treks? Well, <laughs> you, you and your face. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, Real-time commentary. Weirdly, that line caused Tom to actually... I just taking a drink eject. and you said your face and I almost... <laughs> what was in his mouth. I mean... Full coronal ejection. Oh, Your face. That's amazing. That's amazing. I did not see that coming at all. He's in tears right now. The editor is going to love us. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. You were saying you haven't seen any of them. Anyway, but I love Vera Farmiga. Uh, yes. I think uh, I love her. I, you know, I think I've first saw her in The Departed, which is one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was in Bates Motel, which is a series that I love. I thought, like, the first 10 seconds where the kid is walking down the road and then the cop stops, I thought that that was a really good start to the trailer. And it did actually really make me think that, wow, this looks like it might be good. So, mm -hmm. solid intro. I, uh, I'm with Ray. I haven't seen a single one of these. And I think it's because it, I've been exploring over the years, you know, my newfound interest in horror hauntings. I don't I don't get a lot of uh, real visceral joy out of like haunted house movies. I, I just don't. That's not I like this. I like The Exorcist. Like the. Oh, okay. uh, there's just a lot of like, oh, I'm standing in a house and I'm like looking around and something's going to jump out. And something's in there like this. Oh, no, there's a person and he's been possessed and he's going to jump out. And I just I I would love to see you on a horror movie pitch <laughs> like in an executive office. And then there's a guy and you're like, who's he? And then he jumps out. Just be careful. Don't look in a mirror because when you look in yeah. a mirror, jump out. And yeah, there's so, nothing there. And then you, you wipe your face and then yeah. oh boy. <laughs> That's amazing. And then, yeah. you know, there's the whole thing where it's like, oh, sure, no, here's a child with part of its jaw ripped off. Oh, look out. And so <laughs> I uh, I just they don't they they've never really. Sure. I recognize 
that I need to, I should probably see these because I can't, who can eh. judge when they don't? <laughs> okay. That's not a very that compelling helps. pitch, but uh, I do yeah. think I should probably see them. And I think that uh, when you picked this, it said Conjuring 3. And I thought, no, it's not. There are 400 of these, but you just explained it. They all cross over one another. They're There's all so totally much inbred. Options. Yeah. That uh, Annabelle I don't know. started as a, the equivalent of a cold open to like one of the first Conjurings. And then it was so popular, they made an entire thing just about Annabelle and then gave it a sequel. It's very hard to... Yeah. It's interesting. And then the nun is just sort of like nunning it up over all of them. I don't quite understand. <laughs> the really nun is like, just keeps showing up. They're like, oh, great. Tell me that nun's not here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, excellent. <clears throat> uh, and uh, so when and where does this come out? No, we'll never know. <laughs> oh, no, I actually looked it up this time. June 4th, 2021. It comes out in theaters and on HBO Max at the same time. It's one of those. Ah. Weirdly, we're getting yes. to the point where in theaters might not be a joke. Right. That's cool. Yeah. There you go. Up next, I beat Pete. So I uh, picked a trailer and uh, it's for a film called American Badger. I think everybody has one thing they're good at. One superpower. Is this the man they call the Badger? This is Marcella Orsova. We need you to make contact and find out everything you can about her. Hi. You're back. What kind of work do you do? Everybody knows a good hitman takes no prisoners, tells no lies, and leaves without a trace, right? Except I've never been that good at the whole leaving without a trace thing. I just heard the girl is still alive. You trying to get me killed or something? Sometimes revenge and redemption can look awfully similar. American Badger is about a seemingly cold-blooded hitman. He's assigned to befriend a call girl, but all hell breaks loose when he is forced to kill her. Oh, that's what it's about? Yeesh. I didn't get that from the trailer. I'm no. Just- <laughs> punchy, punchy. Punchy, punchy. In other words, it's a movie that looks like pretty much every generic modern video game but somehow it has a 7.9 out of 10 on imdb so who knows i what i liked about it it looked like it looks lo-fi just in the way of like it looks you can really tell they did it on digital uh they didn't spend too much on lighting but it looks but that feels very refreshing and very um i think i'm using the word too much but visceral it looks like it really packs a punch like the action looks good. It looks like a cheaper John Wick. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, just someone really raw. That's the word, not visceral, but raw because it, everything looks on point. And I'm interested to see it because the action looks like it might be pretty Jake. Is that why you picked it or well, no, to just be, the title? <laughs> to be honest, I picked it just for the title because nothing was jumping out at me this week <laughs> for trailers. But come on, you, know, bad, you have a Google alert for Badger still? <laughs> well, you know, that song always got stuck in my head. You know, Badger, 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 Badger. 
No, I need to hear that though. That's a banger. Whatever it is, it's a banger. It looked. I'm. I'm currently on the market for more movies just like this. The fact that I couldn't place anybody in it, and they were just all hitting and killing right. each other, seemed like a, a lock for me. Uh, I'll. I'll definitely give it a shot. I'm just uh, surprised whenever I saw its IMDb score. Uh, it's yeah, out that's of really six reviews. But uh, so, but it comes out on. Came out. On wow, okay, came out on March sixth in the UK. <laughs> that was in oh, the, UK. the UK. Okay, I was like, um, <laughs> apparently there is no US date. <laughs> well, I feel really dumb. <laughs> I feel really dumb now. <laughs> All right, All right. That's well, awesome. good luck. Good luck seeing it, everybody. <laughs> if you're in the UK, it's, it only it's came available. Out in the UK and it's called American Badger. Yeah, right. Oh, and it came out. It was part of the Glasgow Film Festival. So yeah, so oh, it's that, still that on the festival cir- circuit. But I do okay. like the idea of just a UK only distribution <laughs> strategy yeah. about a movies with just America in the title. Like, is just again yeah. cruel ironic joke. It's 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 fun. <laughs> so um, there's that movie. <laughs> okay, so my movie. Uh, yeah, you, you think. That's great in terms of release date. Mine came out in October 2019 in France. Uh, this is Siberia, <laughs> the Abel Abel Ferrara uh, film uh, starring William Defoe and uh, Dunia Shikov and Simon McBurney. Uh, sure. It is it, this is the this is the thing that I struggle with. So in Wikipedia. It says that uh, Clint is an English speaker. He's abandoned his former life and runs a bar in Siberia where most of the few guests do not speak English. He suffers from hallucinations and embarks on a dog sled journey to a nearby cave where he confronts his dreams and memories, including his father, brother, former wife and son, trying to make sense of his life. Okay, thank you, Wikipedia. Uh, I didn't know you were such a romantic comedy fan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, IMDb says... An exploration into the language of dreams. The trailer may as well. Full, full stop. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. That's the whole thing. Great. Did, so I, between those two, I ask you, did you get any of either of those in no. the trailer? I got Willem Dafoe cave. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's about it. In terms of the trailer, Dogs. Mad Lib. Your soul is outside of you and you must claim it. destroyed my life. I picked it because I think the trailer itself was kind of lovely. Like I enjoyed the oh, experience sure, yeah. of watching the trailer uh, and I think it was cut n- nicely together in terms of a, a 
an artifact of the of the filmmaking process. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I did like it. I don't believe it it toasted a compelling story for me. I just I didn't necessarily see it, and I worry that this might be right. uh, akin to the Fountain, which I'm not a fan of, um, and oh. uh, or Tree of Life or something like that. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. Um, and so I struggle with that. It, it does not clear the six star rule it's a 5.2 out of almost a thousand uh reviews on imdb oh, wow. but abel farrar is an interesting guy right in terms of uh, a director he directed bad lieutenant in like 1992 and uh, king of new york in uh, uh york 1990 so weird so yeah. weird and both of yeah. those are over seven on the imdb scale uh they definitely cruise beyond six and were entertaining experiences and so I find this one puzzling. I just, it is now, it stands as a curiosity for me. I want to see mm-hmm. it because I, I want to see, you know, what is he doing now? What is he doing? And he could be anybody in, involved right. in this. Uh, the release date, so it did uh, come out already across the festival circuit. It's been touring festivals since the 13th of October, 2019. Uh, oh, it's well. been a rough oh, year, wow. but it does open officially here on June 18th, 2021, Siberia. You know, uh, I, you I, I really wanted the trailer to say the sequel to The Last Temptation of Christ. <laughs> I like the blur, the three blurbs that they do is beautiful, evocative, and unhinged because that's how I describe Ray <laughs> to my friends. <laughs> Whatever fair, they're I like, guess. who are you doing sad bad with it? I'm like, Ray. And they're like, is he the evocative one? Or the beautiful one? And I'm like, both. <laughs> and oh. so unhinged. <laughs> yeah. oh. All right. No, this, this is a curiosity one. And then that one really brief thing where he's like, I'm worried about something. And then it's him in a mirror image wearing sunglasses. He's like, not so fast, chief. I was like, oh, no, (laughs) this might be a beautiful disaster. But Willem Dafoe is always fascinating. Right. And so I'm in to totally give it a try going in, knowing that also Abel Ferreira is not always a hit for me, but is always very interesting. He's got something to say. Yeah, truly. Mm -hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I this was I picked this actually intentionally in lieu of the Tomorrow War, uh, the new Chris Gard- Chris Pratt movie. Did you see the trailer for this new Amazon oh, right. film? That was no. a straight up terrible trailer saying <laughs> nothing that actively dissuades me from seeing that movie. <laughs> so uh, I don't recommend thing, you. Like- what time is the war? <laughs> Pretty much. It's like, we're fighting a war 30 years from now. And that's the whole story. Explosion, explosion, bloody glass. And it's, it is like, I haven't, I moved to not see the movie after this trailer. And that's rare. Oh, wow. That's rare. Yeah. The trailer might normally be bad, but I'll, you know, if it's, if the premise is interesting or the people are interesting, I like Chris Pratt and this movie yeah. looks bonkers bad. So, well, you know, wow. if you were if you were between Guardians three and Jurassic World three, you'd need a paycheck too. Oh, that guy never needs a paycheck <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, gentlemen, shall we move on to the game portion? No, I'm oh, so nervous. Right. Okay, you know, so what's it going to be? My Death mother fight. always taught me that whenever you can exploit other people, <laughs> so. I am exploiting our Marvel movie minute hosts oh, who no. always who always like to do their little bracket tournaments. Brackets, always with the brackets. I love it. And I wanted to do one because I follow the trends. 
Don't make them. <laughs> a cool way to say is you're you're jumping on the trend. That's what they say on TikTok. <laughs> I'm trying on TikTok. They say I'm jumping on this trend. So I'm, I'm trying to be humble. Okay. Oh, it's perfect. You're you're care. an easy six two on the IMDb scale right now. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Humble, evocative, and <laughs> unhinged, unhingedly humble. <laughs> uh, anyway, but uh, and now I know I'm a week early, but next week oh. is Mother's Day weekend. Oh, and I wanted to do a tribute to mothers, and oh. I have a list of eight iconic movie mothers. Oh, it's not just our mothers. <laughs> and mothers that I've met through friends at school. Number one, Phyllis going against Deborah. It's like the shortest segment ever. And we are going to vote. We are going to narrow it down to the best movie mom of all time. Even so though- what is what? In what way, unless you're about to tell us, and I'm going too fast, how do we, are we defining best? However you want to describe it. Who would you want to be your mom? Let's put oh, it that way. Oh, so is it the mom that we would most like to have for yes. real? Yes, yes. All right. Thank God my mom doesn't listen to this. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So this is a milk. It's a mother I'd like to have. <laughs> All right. That was pretty good, Ray. Come on. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not as humble as you are. <laughs> milk. Give it. Give it. All right. Good job, buddy. All right. So this is a mother that we'd like to have. Interesting. We're okay. Going, okay. So we are going to start out on the low end of the totem pole. Just so you know. Okay. Our okay. first matchup is between Martha <laughs> Wilson from Dennis the Menace. Uh-oh. Or Bella Swan from Twilight. Wow. <laughs> Bella Swan. Wait, I thought Bella was the name of Kristen Stewart. Who's yeah. Bella Swan? Oh, it is? Oh, right. She has a kid. She has a kid. Oh, See, by the way, those this movies. list of eight people, yeah. I pooled a bunch of mom blogs. Oh, picked, mom blog. Okay. And picked the most popular eight movie okay. moms. Okay. Okay. Oh, those, dear. Boy, so, this uh, is, Tommy, what are you thinking? Well, is it okay if we – are we doing this together, like yeah. Pete and I combined? Yeah, so if you, guys ag- if you guys agree on the choice, that's what we'll right. go with. If you differ, I'll break the tie. Perfect. I don't know anything about Mrs. – wait, Mrs. Wilson yeah. is Dennis's mom or the next-door neighbor? The next-door neighbor's wife. Is she a mom? Sure. Wait. No, I, hold on. Quibble. Do the Wilson? <laughs> do the Wilsons have a child? I don't know. I never I delved were, that deep into they were, the universe. They were very famously. That's why Dennis is always there. Dennis isn't like, can I come over <laughs> and play with your child that doesn't exist? Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Spoiler alert. I don't think that Mrs. Wilson is a mother. So already this is off the rails. No, but she. Uh, okay, so if you remember the movie. Oh. Oh, is she like a, a surrogate mother for Dennis? That, you know, there's there's this very- That. T- <laughs> <laughs> I don't, re- to be honest, I don't remember the movie. Am I like glossing over that there was a horrible there's, loss in the family? I don't no, know. No, there's this, but there's this very touching scene where Mrs. Wilson sings Dennis uh, a lullaby 
whenever they're watching him because his parents are out of town and she's very warm and okay. So even if she's okay, not well, I'm gonna a give it to mother Bella herself, because one of them is a mother, <laughs> and the other one is is what's commonly known as a woman. <laughs> Pete, I say Bella takes it in a heartbeat. What do you think? <laughs> well, I think I think uh, it, it is weird because I am twenty years older than Kristen Stewart, and so mm. <laughs> I, it's rough, kind of shaking that. But I am going to say I would like Bella Swan to be my mom. All right, yeah. Bella Swan yeah. moves on. All weird. right, our second matchup. And- <laughs> I know she's, Martha Wilson was kind of a blah, 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 one, yeah, that was but, well, that uh, was a, a palate cleanser. <laughs> if if a palate cleanser is meant to clog up your mouth, <laughs> but but we are now moving up the totem pole. And okay, our, ne- our next matchup is between Morticia Adams, Ooh, okay, and Ellen Griswold from the Vacation series. Was it? I know the kids always change. Was it always what's yes. her name? As okay. I, uh, Pete, why don't I started last time? Uh, why don't you start your initial thoughts unless you want me to go? It's my, my initial thoughts are very brief. It's Ellen Griswold. Okay. Hands down. <laughs> Ellen Griswold. Yeah. One's a monster person, but she's also <laughs> kind of cool though. But I like, oh, well, let's see. As my mom, cause I'm me. I might actually kind of like, cause she was always really nice to her kids and she was cool. And Ellen Griswold was always just sort of, it was very good, but such a hood upon person. You know what? If we're just sort of talking about like, hey, your mom, Morticia, <laughs> Morticia Adams might really? be a more interest, just as more interesting as a mom. Uh, I'm going to go with, what, what's, what's the actress's name? Be- Beverly, Beverly D'Angelo. I'm going to go with versus um, Angelica Houston in the I think I'm canonical go with Angelica film. Houston. Yeah, because yeah, a I I enjoy more of the yeah, the oeuvre <laughs> and then more better stories and stuff. I'm going to go with that just because I know that Ray has to break the tie. I think I think it's uh it's Ellen. You okay with that? Because uh she like when I watched these movies as a kid, they were the first like central massive family like comedies that I was like body comedies that I was introduced to. Mm. And I just always felt a kinship to the kids in that family because I was kind of of that age when I saw these movies. Oh, and that's interesting. And I never had that experience with the Adams family. I was, I was Russ. Like I was, I, I <laughs> dreamt of that. And that was the big joke in our house was Russ right here, dad. Like that's, that was, <laughs> that was my character. So it's got, it's gotta be, uh, well, initially, I wanted to say Morticia Adams, but Pete made such a great argument that I'm going I love to that say argument. Ellen Griswold. I love that argument, and I'm a hundred percent with it. That's Outstanding. good. Standing, thank you, gentlemen. All right, our next matchup is my favorite. <laughs> it is Molly Weasley from the Harry Potter series <gasps> oh. versus Norma Bates. Are we? <laughs> is there a chance that we want to change? The field. <laughs> What is there a chance? And I know that the game has already started. So forgive me and let me know if like, shut up, Tom, the game's already started. Do we want to potentially change the flag to the most interesting mom? Or do we still want it to be your mom? Actually, no. Well, yeah, no. Just do we want to keep it as is? If you were, if you were Norman, who would you rather have? 
<laughs> that's a good point. We all go a little mad sometimes. Says mummy, that's not a blind. But a boy's um, best friend is his mother tongue. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, okay, let's keep it as it is. My fault. But I'm going to keep throwing what I because I find an interesting mom as valuable <laughs> as a safe D'Angelo mom. So I'll keep. Um, I'm going to say, is it my turn to go first? Yeah. I already forgot the first one, so I'm going to say Molly Weasley from Harry Potter or Norma Bates from that's, Psycho. That's Rupert Grint's mom. Yeah. Yes. I don't remember her. I'm going with the one that his son's a creep and she's a creep and they're going to creep out together. What a team. I love it. <laughs> and her clothes fit me. Dynamite. I'm going with Norma Bates. Again, again, Vera Firminga for the win. I love it. I have a blooming onion of problems with everything you just said. <laughs> it is absolutely Molly Weasley. Uh, oh, because it, one, she is a dope mom, keeps track of all her kids with the little clock that tells where the kids are, which is awesome. And then in that final movie, she's a straight up badass on right? the field of battle. And uh, she goes, daughter, oh, magical mama bear. And I love it. So, Molly. so you're also assuming then that you will a be a ginger and b will be what was that actor's name again? Because uh, Emma a, Watson a and ginger Norman Bates, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm sticking with mine, and so uh, I, and I don't know what she did in the last movie. So Ray, I'm I'm probably fine with your pick. What do you think? I got to go as much as I could pick Norma. I got to go with Molly Weasley. That's the stuff. Fair I enough. knew it. I mean, look at Ray. What are you saying? He is what Molly Weasley's son. Look, he's got I, the beard and the hair. This is Ron Weasley gone grown up. I thought you were going to say he's Molly Weasley. <laughs> 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 he's Molly Weasley. <laughs> Podcast drop. Yeah. For our final round one matchup, we have Maria Von Trapp. Mm. Or mm-hmm. the one woman who wants to take care of the problem like Maria, Helen Parr, a.k.a. Elastigirl. Oh, for crying out loud. From how the Incredibles. She, she has oh. two children. She has two from children. The that's how, I thought that's how it works. Problem like Maria. I got confused. I thought you were talking about whatever that song, that movie was. Okay. I don't know either of these things. <laughs> Pete, what are your initial thoughts? You never watched The Incredibles or The Sound of Music? I haven't ever watched the full Sound of Music, and I have watched The Incredibles. What is what is her power? Elastigirl. See see if you can pull it apart. Oh, she's Elastigirl. Yeah. <laughs> then what's the daughter? The daughter's invisible. She's Elastigirl. She runs really fast. <laughs> Got it. Okay, I'm, I'm figuring it out. Uh, how dare you? <laughs> um, I don't know, Pete. Thoughts? I don't have a, an initial instinct. Unlike you, I am torn asunder on this one. Because, as you know, uh, if I could have my youth rendered in song, I would absolutely do it. (laughs) But Elastigirl is uh, awesome. And uh, I that whole the whole Incredibles family. Yeah, I could I could truck with that, too. I think I I think in the in the end, I'm going to have a mother. I thought Maria was like a a, a she's and she becomes the mother to the family at the end. She does become the mother. Okay. On screen? Okay, on screen. <laughs> oh, for crap. And then the Nazis come, and it's just as so, Anyhow, I think I would probably, uh, I, I'd probably want to join the Von Trapps. I'm, I'm an entertainer. 
<laughs> Are you one of those no kids way. that like the parents would throw a party and you'd be like, hey, everybody, here's my tap dance. They're <laughs> like, a, great. Here's a hat. Put a dime in a hat. Yeah, that was totally <laughs> me. Uh, I'll go with that because I'm not sure. I don't know what if I've never looked at my my own actual mother and been like, yeah, but what if she was more elastic? <laughs> Like that never that never came up. So I'm gonna go with Pete. I can use mom as a rubber band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Round two, our first matchup. Round two. Bella Swan from Twilight or Ellen Griswold from Vacation. Ellen Griswold. Absolutely, because she is a grown woman. <laughs> yeah, that's the tough part. Cause I just rewatched Underwater recently. And I was like, Kristen Stewart's got it going on. Kristen Stewart. But that was the that was the I alien, alien knockoff sh- underwater, right? Yeah. yeah, it was great. I had a great time with, with her the movie. short blonde yeah. hair. I love. Yeah. I really like that movie, and I love her so and much. And she kicks but that's butt. Not how you, and she really does. But that's not how you're supposed to think of mom. So I'll go with what Pete said, Griswolds. All right, Ellen Griswold takes it to the finals. And before we get there, we have to vote. Between Molly Weasley or Maria Von Trapp? I vote Maria because I still don't know who this Weasley person is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I got to those movies. I'm so sorry. I only read to the fourth book and then I didn't, and then I stopped watching the movies at some point. So go by the book. If you see she's amazing, then, well, I I feel like I don't remember her that much. I remember the dad because the dad worked for the thing and then the dad got in trouble with the newspaper. I don't remember mom coming along that much, but maybe I'm just a a real wizard jerk. I don't remember. (laughs) You said it. I mean, you're a wizard jerk. I feel like if there if I if if she was my mom, there would be a chance that I would be a magical child. And I think I would prefer that than singing all the time for show. Oof. That think, is a strong point. Did you pick Molly Weasley? I think I just picked Molly Weasley. So I got to break this tie. Well, wait. Aha! Like on one side, magic. On the other side, <laughs> Nazis. <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, I still don't know. She, I still don't know. She has yeah, magical go. Nazis, though, so... Sure. Uh, I'm going to go, Pete. I, I still don't know who this Weasley is, but yeah, if the chance is that I would grow up and be able to have an owl and like sticks yeah. that shoot things versus, look, my clothes are made of the curtains and I'm sorry. Uh, my <laughs> socks are too high and it's creepy and my country is like, trying to kill me. I'll go with Pete. <laughs> Molly Weasley. All yeah. Right. I did not see that one coming. I figured Maria was a shoe in for the finals. All what? Right. So it's now Molly Weasley against Ellen, Ellen Griswold. Griswold. <laughs> Never Ellen in Gr- a million years <laughs> is this a matchup that I would have imagined us discussing. No one has ever put these two things together. No. <laughs> we were writing no. history. Yeah. Ray is writing history. Writing Who history. is okay. the greatest movie mom of all time, Ellen Griswold or Molly Weasley? <laughs> We're missing moms. <laughs> so we're missing hundreds of cinematic moms. <laughs> Mommy dearest oh. is in there somewhere. Like, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, All right, well, I won't look. Um, so, Pete, I would like you to take the. I mean, you're you are really leading the ship. That's unfortunate because I'm going to yeah. go for the like the basest, like most childish reason, and it's again. I could have magic. And so I can't believe it. 
But also, I just really like Molly Weasley's vibe in in the house. Like, she runs a tight ship, and uh, she's got a lot of the kids, and the kids are just really, if you think about it, they're horrible. Their kids are always getting into things that, as a parent, I would want to lock them up, like in shackles and (laughs) chains, uh, to keep them from getting into that kind of mischief. And so I feel like she is put upon and put up with a lot, and she still maintains her good demeanor. And I go with Molly Weasley. And I am officially going with Ellen Griswold (gasps) for the tiebreaker. Because as someone who has some minor daddy issues, I know that some of that stuff can be tough, but she brings normalization to that family. And it's more, she doesn't have to rely on magic and magic clocks that do stuff. She just gets it done. And all of her kids, they're so successful, their faces change every single movie. Uh, and so uh, I'm going to not out of spite, but just out of interest. I'm going to say that I like the I like the idea of more of a down to earth mother that can get it through while still keeping in love with her husband, who is legitimately a mess. So Ray, oh, I love that reason. Like too. Frankenstein's <sighs> monster, you have created a problem that now you have to solve. I got to go with Tommy's argument that you got to go with the down to earth mother with the husband who's a wreck. And that's why I'm going to pick Molly Weasley. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this whole court is out of order. But I'll allow it, counselor. Well done. Well done. And well done, Molly Weasley. Mm, yeah, congratulations job, to you, Molly Weasley. And great bracket Ray. Great bracket Ray. That's your new GBR. Yeah. Yeah, and now we all know how to use flute powder. Ah, oh, Tommy doesn't know what that is, right? I know. That's why I said it to be a dick. <laughs> I'm just always assuming it's a sex thing. All right, next. <laughs> all right, so now's the portion of the show where we get to the fabled list. Boy. So this past week, Pete and Andy and a few guests got to talk about the Shawshank Redemption. I just started the episode. I'm so excited to hear hear your thoughts about it. And then I'm so excited about the myth. Oh, we hated it. Which? <laughs> just, just, just kidding. It's the best movie of oh, all time. Okay. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's uh, what an incredible movie and so moving. And uh, I loved it very much. I don't even remember. What is our list about? So last week they had the option to p- pick between make a run for the border characters in movies listening to pre-recorded music or the one we'll be talking today iconic movie pinups okay and i'm not lying that i didn't spend most of the week going please don't pick iconic movie pinups <laughs> only because it feels so much harder yeah but i like a challenge so i'm in it to win it it's right. it is harder and i'll tell you i i went back and i listened to the show and as i was listening to it i realized i need a cl- judge's clarification so right before this show i i got on a call with Andy and I said what are you thinking and yeah. and so he he said I think what we were thinking was that it's movies where characters are so iconic that they spawn uh interest in pinups that come out of those movies nope too late to so. make that call <laughs> That is not what Ray and I decided four days ago. I just think that it's okay that we embrace all strategies uh, here th- today, and and it's okay. And, what? Yeah, <laughs> sounds like Ray, a cheater's way. Ray, out to you're me. the host. 
call throw flags sports. <laughs> throw sports flags. Well, this is ridiculous. Unfortunately, is, Pete no, has the founder was, card. So. <laughs> oh, that's true. Pete, Pete actually probably has a button on his desk that makes all of the next real podcast disappear. <laughs> Pete is like the podcast, like Dr. Strangelove, like with the, with the hat on the nuclear, <laughs> on the Pete, nuclear bomb. Pete has well, the I don't button. know about that because I worked really hard to figure out important posters in movies, which sounds like an insane person's topic. Like, it does sound like an insane person's topic. And yet I, I spent time doing that as well. And so I'm excited to talk about uh, okay. all of the movies. Deal. And Deal. I, it, mostly I, I, yeah, mine, mine straddles both strategies so it's great i'll allow it all right with potential debate okay (laughs) deal all right tommy because you got your trailer in first you get to go first here so exciting i'm going to start with hmm this one's not going to pass that one's not going to pass i'm just going to cross that one out okay uh because i have five and one of them i just crossed out because it's so bad okay number one and this is going to be a theme but i'm not going to tell you how in one of my favorite movies of all time, there. Oh, wait, I should start with the earlier one. Take it back. In a movie that also exists, <laughs> but is iconic, you meet a character by what you see the posters in his or hers, just kidding, it's say his, <laughs> his bedroom. And it really sort of shows you the kind of influences he has in his style, who he's trying to emulate, and in this movie, who he kind of copies his moves to dance with. This is Saturday Night Fever's Tony Monero. He has Serpico and Bruce Lee posters in his room and he looks at them while he's like through the mirror and stuff and it really kind of uh identifies with his character yeah and so i would call that i don't know an iconic movie pinup outstanding very That's, good i thing. think that works i can't believe i didn't even think of that i know i can't either i am i am shamed <laughs> all right i did it. all right <laughs> well goodbye can i go out on top well my first pick Imagine your grandfather comes over for Christmas and uh, you have to let him sleep in your room on the top bunk. God damn it. (laughs) Oh, we have a steal. Do we have a steal? (laughs) He's looking at the poster of the hot babe that you have tacked to the ceiling in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, I don't even remember. Ray, you doorknob. (laughs) Oh, is it a steal? It's a steal. Yeah. What is the, who was the... Babe, was it's, it a fake babe? It's or like Kelly LeBrock. Oh, from Smart Story. No, what's that called? Weird well, Science. From Weird Science. That's right. Yep. It's not called Smart Story. Uh, Smart Man. Story. Okay, that was great. Sorry, that is Pete. a great. No, that's okay. Good work. You, you did, however, break my theme. Uh, oh. My pick, my first pick was going to be that one, and it was going to immediately follow up with Weird Science, because I don't <laughs> know if you remember this, the boys in the beginning actually have all of the pinups from like Playboy, all of the like all of the fold out pinup posters, oh. and they're feeding them into the scanner along with like, oh, is like that where she brilliant comes from? things like right. all the all the like stats and 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 all the like they build her brain with a bunch of figures and math that they put in the scanner. And it's just it's really ridiculous. Uh, but that is weird science. And also Kelly LeBrock. Uh, oh, so wow. there you go. 
Ugh. This is the LeBrock episode. Oh, well, that's good, though. <laughs> hey, that kid, not Anthony Michael Hall, but the other kid, yeah. I always really liked him. Where what, did he, he go? He, and this is not probably a good off-ramp to take, but he, and then- That was Ian Mitchell-Smith. Jason London's um, best friend in Dazed and Confused. He had like it always five wears best the overalls. Oh, no, but he always sure. wears the overalls. Oh, Sa- Sasha, something or other. He's the one that you just never really saw again, and yeah. he's so. It's such a breakout. Both of those are such breakout roles. Yeah, he was also in Halloween Four. He was. Yeah, he was oh, the boyfriend. So, he was so funny in Days of Confused. He's out. I just watched it again. Everything is based on what I just watched. I love that he's movie. He's so outstanding in it. When they're like going through the door and he goes like this to the freshman the freshman yeah. and he like slides through the door without touching it. He's, he just, and he never just came back. And everyone else in that movie famously yeah. came back. It's one of those movies. Okay. Interesting. All uh, right. All right. All right. Yeah. All right, didn't someone right, ask right, me, right. hey, quick, Tom, give us your type <laughs> five on Days of Confused. I was happy to help. Okay. So for my Second one, I was afraid someone would pick it, but they didn't. Okay, this is a movie where there's a young guy in you sort of learn who he is from his bedroom. (laughs) And the camera's sort of going around and they're showing different posters and he even sort of mimics one of them by doing some things. And two of those posters are Serpico and Bruce Lee. It is a scene that is a clear homage to Saturday Night Fever in one of the biggest. It's his, it's this director who's an amazing director. It's his second film because his first one was about playing cards and not a lot of people saw it. It's one of the most audacious second films that a director has ever had. Wait a minute. Is it uh, Dirk Diggler? Yes. It is Boogie Nights. My goodness. And Serpico. And because I'm so obsessed with P.T. Anderson, that I just noticed this. And he's doing Bruce Lee in the mirror. That is amazing. He's he's getting ready. And it's a complete homage to Saturday Night Fever because both Serpico and Bruce Lee are in both movies. Isn't that fun? Yeah, it's really fun. That's great. I I did great. I I did great. Can't wait to hear number three. All well, right. it's if, enjoy you know, what I said so far. Interestingly, you could do Serpico and uh, would be a movie that inspired uh, pinups. Why? What? Because you have movies with the Serpico oh, poster oh, in them. Because clearly because the all movie of those people Serpico. have all of these. Yes. Right. <laughs> it's a good point. You're exactly right. Okay. So that is my second is Boogie Nights. I'm great. My second pick <laughs> uh, is probably a movie that has been picked quite a lot but i couldn't help myself because Mm -hmm. i was running really short on movies if you couldn't tell by now uh and that is uh imagine you're in the in the army and you're in your barracks and someone tosses you a magazine and says hey get a load of her and it's the girl you were best friends with growing up in forrest gump oh yeah that's right a pinup interesting that's actually a great pick it is. I mean, there is there's pinups and then photos. No, but that literally is a pinup that you take something out of a magazine and pin it up. You're right because she was in the, uh, wasn't she, she in, was the, in like the college issue yeah. of Playboy and then she got kicked out for it? Right. Or is that just a fan fiction that I? No, that, that's <laughs> that what wrote. they. Okay, that's what yeah. they said in the movie. That's what they said that's in right. the movie. That's right. That's funny. My second pick is uh, absolutely a 
uh, retaliatory pick using it in second place here. It was going to be a backup, but it's because, you know, I've done a number of these Saturday matinees in my time. And uh, the movie that I would like to pick is in honor of the number of these that I have done with (gasps) one of you gentlemen. It is a story about a man Uh who finds work and the girl of his dreams at a circus from 1928 the movie is the circus with charlie chaplin oh i am sitting right behind you at ray who has a pinup of charlie chaplin right behind him it is the best (laughs) chef's kiss screw you christmas vacation (laughs) wait you're using ray's actual pinup against him i absolutely am that is unprecedented and i love it i love it that that's outstanding i love it he's right behind you and he seems to want to believe these are all very visual jokes on a podcast we apologize but that's great yes yes. charlie chaplin a poster in ray's film podcast dungeon there's a poster of uh charlie chaplin always over his left shoulder staring Weirdly at me, always <laughs> looking critical. He does like, look, look very Like, look critical. at Charlie Chaplin's face. Doesn't he look like he's always saying, really, Tommy? <laughs> really? You're sure you're <laughs> going to go with that? Yeah, really. You're gonna, so, hey, Tommy, so, you're going to keep talking about that one thing you're talking about right now? Yeah, yeah like, I'm dead, but in 2021, <laughs> it's still first thought, best thought? <laughs> you know? <laughs> awesome. That's a great oh, one. Man. I love it. All right. I'll let, I'll take it. Tommy, you're number three. Oh, I got so excited about the first two. It's going to be a little bit of a downer. Let's see what I got. Um, Oh, I'll do one. I can either do a very obvious one or one that might be a little controversial as far as you guys deciding if it counts or not. Which do you choose? Straight across the plate or foul ball that might be fair? Wow, sports. <laughs> you go whichever way you want to go. We don't judge. I'll go straight across the plate. This is a movie I, like I haven't you seen have for. Sung the Enterprise theme song there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a long time. Going where my heart will take me. I haven't seen this movie in a zillion years, but along my theme, it's also about sports. It involves a young girl who loves to play a certain sport that is very out of her culture and is not approved. But she looks for help and talks to a poster over her bed for inspiration. And maybe the poster comes to life. I honestly don't remember. (laughs) It's been a really long time. But at the very least, it is pinned over her bed. And it's like her major inspiration for the entire movie. So much so that that gentleman in the poster's name is also part of the title. Ooh, is this a fun game or should I I, tell you what it is? I have no idea. What's the biggest sport in Europe? Soccer. Soccer. Who's oh, the biggest bend it player? Like Beckham. Bend it oh, like for Beckham. Out loud. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Of course, bend it like Beckham. Yeah. Great. And she talks to the poster for inspiration. Yeah, she and does. And I, I honestly think in my mind the poster talks back and is like, "Yeah, you can bend it like me," <laughs> but probably not. <laughs> like me? I just don't remember. But either way, yeah, bend it like Beckham. That's a good one. You cool. can. You can really bend it. But can I bend it like you, sir? <laughs> Why is she? <laughs> In Oliver. <laughs> She's suddenly an orphan. Can I please have some more snacks? Bend it like you, sir, Mr. Yeah. Beckham. I'd, I'd love a goal. More <laughs> goals, please. 
<laughs> you're offsides. I'm offsides. No, you're right. offsides. <laughs> no one is enjoying this skit. This skit is for just a minute ago. No uh, I just turned into Molly Weasley, I think. <laughs> Well, she is the greatest mom uh, in the movie. Greatest universe, mom as ever. Found out. All right. So my third pick, I, I had a lot of trouble coming up with three. So you <laughs> might not uh, might be a slight stretch, but I think it's fair. Uh, 1952 film called Moulin Rouge. Oh, about Moulin 1952. Rouge. About Henri de Toulouse-Lautrec. Mm-hmm. who's played by Jose Ferrer mm-hmm. and he is tasked with painting or the posters of the dancing ladies. Yeah. He paints the pinups. Yeah. And oh, you, like you those see posters that you people see have him, like hanging in their bathrooms. And stuff. Right. Yeah. There right. Se- yeah. There are sequences that where you see him creating the posters in the bathrooms. Well, that's well, no, he's just I, real, I have yeah. friends. That had their parents, yeah. like, they would just have those sort of Dancing Ladies to Loose Latrec posters in their bedroom. Oh, Didn't they, like, you. buy him at, like, what's, like, yeah. Pier 1, right? You can't, To Loose yeah. Latrec, he's rolling over in his grave that all of his greatest work is now, like, Pier <laughs> 1 wicker-framed bathroom art. Right. Yeah, To Loose Latrec <laughs> was the Live, Love, Laugh posters <laughs> of, <laughs> of my generation's parents. <laughs> Absolutely. Like it's it's Sky Mall art, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> but at one point he was a legitimate genius. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, a that's wow. a great movie. It's a John that's Houston. Cool. John Houston version right. of uh, yes. Moulin Rouge. I'm so embarrassed I didn't know when you said Moulin Rouge, 19, I just I only know what's his names. Yeah. I did too, honestly, until I saw this yeah. one being advertised on the Criterion channel uh, a couple months ago. And I watched it and I really enjoyed it. Oh, that's great. Oh, great choice. Look at how smarties we are. All right, Pete, well, your final choice. All right. <laughs> Wish you hadn't led I didn't, with I didn't say you have to agree that we're smarties. <laughs> I said, with that. look at how smarties <laughs> we are. So you can see my final pick uh, is one that is, I don't know, it doesn't hold up because I don't know that I would. I don't want to do a show on this movie. Let's just say that. <laughs> no. uh, but it was going to fit into my Kelly LeBrock theme. This is a movie that absolutely inspired a pinup of like okay. this. This poster was everywhere of Kelly LeBrock uh, in uh, the woman in red. Uh, it is the poster is a play on the Marilyn Monroe poster over the great uh, oh. where the dress is flying up uh, and uh, you know it's a it was a Gene Wilder movie Gene Wilder directed it and starred in it Charles Grodin like it's a fine movie it is at six on the six star uh, scale so it's, it's right there it's right there uh, it's fine it just it's got a little bit of stank on it uh, <laughs> I just, what kind of stank is that I don't know like it's just something there's something about like the way they position her to get that pin up, the woman in red oh, thing. It's, it's like a little it's, gross. It's just mean. a little gross, but it's been a lot sure. of years since I've seen it. And um, uh, and so, but it did absolutely inspire pinups. And you can still search for the, the poster from this movie. And it's all her with the dress flying up on a white background. And it's just isolated uh, red dress fetishism. Perfect. All right. I'll take it. Nice. I don't know that movie, or I probably that sounds like one of those movies. It was like I've never heard of that, and then I watch 
the first 10 minutes and I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It sounds like something I probably – that it would have played on HBO a lot well, when me, I was growing is, up. And I just yes. watched everything on HBO and never knew what it was. Yes. Yeah. Let me just read you the IMDb synopsis because I think this will paint the picture for you. On his way to work, we're okay so far, Teddy spots Charlotte, <laughs> an incredibly, incredibly beautiful woman in red. Again, oh. we're, we're okay so far. He yeah. really wants to meet her. But what okay. would his wife say? Oh, well, oh, come a on. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, it, it's <laughs> fine. It, it just got a little bit of the yeah. to it. But she's six. And you're like, <laughs> okay. Did we not know what morality was a long time ago? <laughs> well, you know. But she's late for recess. <laughs> and you're like, Hey, who's late for a recess? It was 1984. All of the movies that I've talked about have trouble. Yeah. (laughs) Even Charlie Chaplin. Look at him. He's so squirrely. (laughs) Stop looking at me. Chuck, (laughs) give me a break. I get it. It's not my best work. All right. Perfect. Thank you. Nice list, gents. Excellent poster list. And this was a rough list idea. Dude. But I thought we came through with... Flying colors. Look at us smarties. So speaking of, I think it's time that we choose the options for next week's list. Oh. And, you and guys- let me just say, it, in terms of uh, a setup, this is going to be for Andy, Steve, and Kyle to navigate. Okay. So if that influences your choices at all, Andy, Steve, and Kyle. As soon as I heard that you guys were doing this movie... I immediately knew one of the list choices I wanted to bring up, and it's not included here. I I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. I have one, too. Ray, go. Mine is snack cake antics. (gasps) Not what I was going to say. Not what I was going to (laughs) say. What are you saying? What? Snack Snack cake antics. Because there's that scene where um, what's-his-face in jail has that moon pie, and he takes a big mouthful of it and spits it at the guard. That's like the PG version of Migs in yes. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know I was going to say that. <laughs> he, he, smelled that mo- he smelled the moon pie. I ate this cake so I could do Oh, no. What a great. Okay. Um, snack cake antics. Okay, I mean let, that's on the list. What do you think? Let's say. What do you think? Well, I, I, there's a uh, parts of what? Green Mile I, I feel are brilliant and beautiful and yes, uh, wonderful, and also it has the most ridiculous flashback mechanic that I hate, 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 hate. I hate oh. that it opens and closes in this future time, and mm. it goes into like Expositionville. And so one of the things I was thinking is movies with um, misguided attempts at storytelling through flashback through like. <laughs> Over, do you want to make it about bookends or yeah, just bookends specifically? Bookend flashbacks, okay? Yeah. So, overwrought, Mis- yeah, misguided, uh, misguided, or overwrought flashback, flashback bookend, yes. Oof, that's really specific. Are you sure? Uh, no, I'm not sure. I'm not like, sure about anything, Tom. Pickups. Okay, I was gonna say, and maybe this isn't fun, maybe it's just too gross, but like bad deaths. Yeah, I use. I had the um, initial. I still have. You know, he released the Green Mile in Penny, serial, yeah, uh, six, dreadful six novels in pieces, serials, yeah. and the one of them was called the Bad Death of Edward Delacroix. Yeah, it's a really. Is that just not fun? Well, it's not. Is fun. that just kind of no, gross? It's definitely. So maybe we shouldn't do it. Okay, I, I don't. Um, I think it's fine. It's already in there, man. 
Really? Awful, I mean, that's just a possibility deaths. of like of like awful deaths. Yeah, because we're not going to show them. Yeah, right. Um, what else? Weird accents. Have we done? Have well, you guys ever done thing like about like misbegotten accents in films? Because you think Delacroix is the misbegotten accent? No, I think no. I'm talking about um, the Green Mile across the board has some rough accent accent work. work. By by Tom by Tom Hanks alone. You think so? Or I actually we just didn't. Do... I didn't bother me. I didn't even. Really? We didn't even talk about it. I didn't notice it because I don't want to bring up. I mean, you had brought up only because you brought it up before when we were talking about stuff. Yeah, this is a very magical Negro. Yeah, movie. I mean, this is. But I don't want to necessarily put that out there. But this is that's something that makes this movie. When I was rewatching, I was like, "Oh right, we didn't have a name for it yet." Yes. How right. about movies starring people who were almost Zephram Cochran in Star Trek: First Contact? <laughs> All right. So we're done hearing from Ray right now. Let's. Uh... <laughs> oh, Awful Deaths was already an option yeah. on the list. Oh, yeah. I didn't even see it. Whoever's editing this, so, you can edit some of this. My apologies. The uh, the the rest of them on the list. So so mouse oh, friends kinda, that's kind of cute i don't know about i like that. mystical powers in an otherwise realistic story that seems rich. okay yeah i think we can do that i like that one too right yeah i think i don't but you guys beat me too oh long. he doesn't like it but wait a well, minute kidding, you, i'm kidding you I'm you get your pick these, no you get your you pick, get your pick. i got one and tom got one and now you get one yeah no, right. I think that that one is good because okay. i would love to see next week's panel try to pick from that me mystical powers and otherwise realistic story that would take some uh yeah i like that but it doesn't feel mean it feels challenging all right so we have our like three iconic picks. movie pinups <laughs> <laughs> well that just sounds <laughs> cruel <laughs> all right hey if you're listening to this and you want to vote in this next week's list challenge, you can do so by heading over to the next reels discord community. I know that these two guys right here are always chiming in on something. He means us. <laughs> if you like me, but don't want to hear this horrible voice, get on discord. <laughs> That's I couldn't have said it better. Yeah, if you want to join in the conversations that we have, get in on the list pick voting and uh, movie sabotage. Uh, all you got to do is get access to the Show Talk channel. Now you might ask Ray, how do I access the Show Talk channel? I can only access TNR community and something, and like, well, here's what you do: you head over to the nextreel.com/slash membership and consider becoming a supporter of the next real family of podcasts because just $1 a month can make you what we call a one reeler and you can join the online community in discord and you can be a part of the voting and for $2 a few dollars more a month uh, you become a two reeler supporter and uh, you can join us for live streams as we record like what you're listening to right now you could have seen our ugly faces as we <laughs> Our our beautiful faces. Yeah, speak for mm. yourself. We're, we're very how. beautiful. I'm camera ready. It's 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 kind of like from from what I'm looking at in reverse order. It's like evolution of a beard. That's true. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. That's spot on. <laughs> anyway, um, so you know, consider doing that. Also, you know, at the next reel, a lot of us tend to use Letterboxd. Uh, if you listen to the show, uh, if you use letterboxd 
you can now get an upgraded account to pro or patron with a 20% off discount. And all you got to do, what do we got to do? Go to the next real.com slash letterbox. That's what we got to do. And if you already have a, you know, pro and you're like, well, sorry guys, you know, you can upgrade. If you have pro or patron, you can upgrade whenever your membership runs out and get the, 20% off discount. Is that what that means? Or does that mean go from pro to patron? No, that's exactly what it means. If you can be either pro or patron, new subscriptions, or if you already have a subscription, you can renew with the discount applied. So yeah, that's that's pretty rare for these kinds of, of uh, things. So if you want to save a little money on your renewal, you can do that there too. Yeah, and it's a great service. Uh, you know, if you use Letterboxd and you join the Next Real community, you can also be added to the feed where we have all of our users' Letterboxd reviews automatically come to one of our channels so that we can talk about what everyone's watching and also be Big Brother in your movie lives. Uh, this was a great show, a great way to spend a Saturday morning, May the 1st already. Wow. I know I can't. May the first it. be with you. Right? Is that not that's, that's not something. how it how May it goes. the Star Trek oh. give you a howdy. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that right? <laughs> oh, oh dear. So uh it was great talking with you, gents. Tommy, handsome. Thanks for being Always here. Always a pleasure, Ray. I find you evocative, <laughs> beautiful, and unhinged. unhinged. <laughs> Gotta be honest. Gotta be honest, unhinged. I find you intriguingly intellectually alluring. Oh, my oh, God. Wow. All right. And hinged. Like squarely <laughs> At hinged. least one hinged. Hinged know? up. Okay, cool. I'll take At it. Least Always one a pleasure. And Thank well you for hosting. Too. Great job. Yep. And Pete Wright. You're my iconic movie pinup, right? <gasps> oh, I want to believe. Perfect. You know, it's funny that you say that because when I listened to you guys talk about Search for Spock last night, you said you wish somebody would call you their acolyte. You <gasps> <gasps> oh. <laughs> have no idea. That still holds true. Everything else in that episode, complete fraud. But that one, still there. All right. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Have a great weekend. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.